0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Athletes' Guide podcast. My name is Matt Wasork and I'm here with my brother Evan.
1: Good evening, everyone.
0: The Athletes' Guide is dedicated to helping elite athletes tell their story so that youth players can use this advice to get to the next level. On this week's episode, we interviewed Derek Malone, former University of Oregon linebacker.
1: Derek played in the first, very first, college football playoff and actually played not only with marcus mariota but he played against Jameis winston in their rose bowl game that year we talked to derek about that then we talk about the current coaching situation and russell and, wilson and, oh right Andy and he russell wilson this is college football royalty folks <laughs> then we talk about the current coaching changes oregon and eugene kind of ve- takes a quick veer off and the should athletes be paid or not But then we have a fascinating discussion with Derek about his struggles with depression, how he overcame them as a student-athlete, and uh, his goals for the future. Matt, let's get into it. All
0: right, this week on Athlete's Guide Podcast, we are joined by Derek Malone, former Oregon linebacker. Derek, welcome to the Athlete's Guide Podcast.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Let's just start with a with a little bit of background. Um, we're talking today because we know you played linebacker at the University of Oregon. But you know, how did you get there, and and what do you want to share about about that experience and, and where you're at today that, that we don't know from our immediate Google searches of you?
2: <laughs> yeah, basically, um, you know, pretty organic route to be. Um, you know, quite frank, I started playing football when I was like 13. Mm-hmm. Um, although I started, you know, later than most of my friends, I've always played in like you know backyard football, tackle. Although it wasn't organized or you know two hand touch, so I've always been around the sport of football. My dad was like a real big high school legend where I'm from, so I always wanted to play the game. Um, then when, right when I got into it, I just loved it. I felt like I was just a natural. But I think the biggest thing that I attribute, you know, myself getting to Oregon is you know definitely hit the books real hard. You know the academics as well as I love the game I worked hard worked harder than anybody you know on my team uh, just took it extremely seriously uh, I stayed I showed up early stayed later uh, mm-hmm. worked out multiple times a day just tried to get the, the leg up on my competition as well as my teammates <laughs> as much <Sure>. as possible <laughs> um, but it was but it was fun it was fun um, I had a really good a real good time I'm very very competitive and I had a lot of great people on my corner who uh, kind of you know paved the blueprint to, for me to get to where I was at, sure. Um, my school is really known for for football during that time, and we had a lot of people go to UCLA, go to USC, mm-hmm. uh, go to Colorado. So you know, uh, even San Diego State, and I was kind of you know the next wave as well. So I kind of see what what they had to sacrifice and do to um, you know reach the D one level. So sure. I kind of I kind of just follow follow their, their career path and just worked hard just the same way that they did.
0: So, would you read to, to football over other sports, like growing up? I think
2: like I was just a natural. I, I played baseball, I played basketball. I've done all sports, but you know, football just has always been pretty natural. It's, it's a very aggressive sport. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a pretty mellow guy, but when I'm on the field, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty different when I'm on the field. And um, I just love how it's, it's so complicated and difficult. It's a, its own other element and a, a totally different world when you're when you're in it. It's a very strategic um, game. Mm-hmm. It, it allows you to be tough mentally and physically, and um, I just loved everything about the game, um, and I really just excelled at it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and it was fun, and I, and I committed to it. And
1: speaking of, you know, pl- uh, getting recognized playing on that big stage, you played in the college football playoff, which is right around the corner for us. So, if I recall correctly, you had pretty big fumble recovery and a fumble, if I'm not mistaken, against Florida State. Do you want to just talk about that game in general and? <laughs> Um, yeah, it was, what it was, it was like cool. playing there in that iconic bowl and that iconic stadium, and all? It was been a blast.
2: Yeah, it was cool. Um, it was my second Rose Bowl appearance. Um, we played again. We played my year freshman year against Wisconsin. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. So that was cool. That yeah. was my first yeah. tackle in- yeah. against. So I'll always <laughs> remember that.
0: That's um, legit.
2: Yeah, it was cool. So it was my second time. Um, there's nothing like playing. In the Rose Bowl, I'm from Southern California, so okay. you know, I wake up early morning watching the Rose Bowl parade with my grandma. So you remember those games? yeah? You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it. like, wow, Max playing this game, but that that game that game was crazy. It, it was it was crazy. Um, yeah, I've never i never met a more cocky team in Florida State. <laughs> after, after, <laughs> after. Um, I can't. I can't say that surprises this, me. Yeah, we had this, this pre we had this pre um, this game function. Um, so we have four people from our teams, like the captains of our teams and then mm-hmm. four people on their teams. And, uh, we we're on the stage and they're asking us different questions and they asked them like, Oh, it was all like, you know, lighthearted. And they asked yeah. them like, oh, if you weren't here today, uh, you know, about the, about the play in the Rose Bowl, what would you be doing? Okay. And one of the players, he said, honestly, I'll be at home watching TV, watching Florida State kick it, kicking Morgan's ass. And, and this, oh shit! we were like, Whoa. out of like nowhere. Wow. Yeah, and they asked uh, one of uh, my teammates that same question. He was like, "Honestly, I would be, you know, spend time with my family, you know, eating yeah, food, yeah, yeah. During the parade." But it just it, that was just like, okay, these dudes—they they came here, you know, they meant business, so we got to make sure we're in our P's and Q's, and we no, train extremely true. hard to get uh, very, very seriously. Uh, somehow we were the underdogs, which I don't understand how, but you know, we we came in and we made plays and um, it, it was a lot of fun. I, I had a great time doing that Rose Bowl.
1: Yeah. Was there a difference between playing in the Rose Bowl when it was just a BCS Bowl versus playing the Rose Bowl when it
2: was the playoffs? I mean,
1: obviously the stakes were probably a little bit higher, but um, as like as an athlete...
2: Um, we kind of took it the same. We always took every game the same, uh, you know, one step approach. You know, we didn't think any one game was bigger than the other. It all feels the same. I was just telling a couple of friends the other day, they're like, it looks so crazy. You know, watching you know, football uh, on the, on the big screen. I'm like, honestly, when you're, when you're there in that present moment, you can't even, you don't even notice that stuff. It's very silent. Yeah. Um, and the football field is not that big. <laughs> uh, you yeah, you're playing, it's like, everything goes very quick. It's not that big. And it's, so every game pretty much felt the, the same for me. I didn't I didn't um, feel the hype for any game other than really? um, the other. I kind of just, just took every game the same, the same approach. I studied just as hard for every single game. Um, I was prepared every, um, for every single game. And that was kind of our mantra for the entire team. Mm. We didn't think you know, one game bigger than the other, no matter if it was a, a double-A squad that we played first game you know, during the season or if we're in a championship or in a bowl game at the end of the year. It really didn't matter. We took it with the same um, seriousness approach
1: yeah yeah so so you played against Will. i just put this together i mean you just said uh you played against wilson and james winston um thoughts on who's better
2: Uh, for me i like winston a lot i I like him a lot um he he's the natural born leader um, that's something I can really respect. He mm-hmm. puts um, a lot on his back. He makes plays. He's big. He's still learning, but he—I think he's a beast to be honest. Mm-hmm. He's goofy, so you can tell he's still young. Yeah,
0: very goofy. Um, Eating that, his fingers—that's yeah, that, not going to help you, man. That's weird.
2: Yeah, he may not be as mature <laughs> as Wilson, but he is—he's definitely, you know, a natural-born leader, uh, a real big competitor, um, and um, I love his work ethic as well.
0: So I can't imagine the amount of times in which you had to. To dream of being on the biggest stages like the college football playoff, what to you was most surprising, or like what was least expected about going there?
2: Yeah, I, I know think exactly you're... what you mean. I think that the the perfect um, example will be uh, when we played Texas in mm-hmm. the Alamo Bowl. I, I grew up; my aunt moved to Texas when she was eighteen, so when I was about like nine, and when she moved there, she's always be like, "These boys are big. Yeah, you can play with these Texas boys." And uh, so I was always in the back of my mind, and then when I started getting into playing football, I remember, um, I remember watching the USC um, Texas game uh, with Reggie oh, Bush and everything. yeah, like that. yeah, yeah Vince Young, I, remember yep, yep. That. I remember watching it. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> I could imagine playing on the stage like this. This is crazy. Then I find out we're going to play, you know, Texas in the Alamo Bowl, and I've never seen these dudes before. And, you know, we had a good game. You know, we came out victorious. I even had a pick six that game. And it's just like, you get on a stage and like, we're not that different. And mm-hmm. it's like, who, you know, who is the most elite? You know, who's going to prepare the hardest? Who's going to work the hardest? And it's like, um, that's why I never really put that many people on, on a pedestal. Sure. Because we, we yeah. all have the same amount powers. Um, even when I, you know, I was training with, you know, the Falcons for a little bit. And I was seeing the people out there. I'm like, there's still, again, you know, you see, your, you know, your, your, your Julio Jones and everything like that. You see those, you know, you know, the Beats, the you see those great players, you know, that, that 1%, 2% factor. But yeah. other than that, I feel like we're all on the same field. It's who can stay healthiest, who's going to put in the work, who's going to be, who's going to strain mentally and who's not going to be broken. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And, um, but yeah, I remember being on those big stages and like how, how, how I can't believe I'm even here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we all have, we all possess the same opportunities to get to where we want to be. Yeah, you know, I yeah. I don't believe that, you know one, one, one person is you know better or or bigger than the other. I think it all comes down to work ethic, really, and fitting it and figuring out where you fit into a certain you know puzzle.
0: And it's kind of the beauty of competition in a way that you, if we knew what the outcomes were ahead of time, we wouldn't do it. But exactly. but you never know, and you got to execute.
2: Exactly yeah. like yeah we we've we've been the underdogs, we've gotten beaten by underdogs, like you never know it's just who's going to prepare the hardest, who is going to be better that day, and that's what we we love and, and do sports it's it's not really that predictable, yeah and that's 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 where the passion and the love comes in,
0: absolutely, absolutely, so thinking about Oregon football today on I am poetic soul I read your uh read your take on Willie Taggart. Yeah. So, to me, the conclusion, and folks, if you if you haven't read it, uh, how can how can they find your blog?
2: Yeah, just type in um, "I'm Poetic Soul." Mm -hmm. I'm, and then Poetic Soul. Um, (laughs) Yeah, just check it out. I I post something whether it's love, poetry, sports. um, I post every Tuesday around you know six or seven um, Pacific time.
0: Nice. No, it's great. You got a diverse selection there of of <laughs>
2: Thanks, appreciate it. Appreciate it.
0: So on the Willie Taggart piece, though, my my takeaway, you know, and pushback or whatever, my takeaway from from what you said is that football it is a business, and he made a business decision that was in his best interest and maybe in in his emotional interest, and in that he kind of tagged Florida State as a dream job for him, but. One thing that I have a hard time reckoning in collegiate sports is that it's a business for the adults in the room, but it's not always an equal business for the students and the athletes. Like, how do you how do you reckon with that?
2: I I agree with you, you know, wholeheartedly. Um, It's crazy. I've been, you know, following on Twitter and seeing a lot of even professional athletes with the uproar about all these different coaches that are going from this job to the next job yeah and they don't, and they don't have to sit out for a year and but if yes, as a yeah but if a collegiate athlete wants to transfer to a different school it's like you miss a whole year of eligibility that's crazy. it's crazy like that's crazy like I, I can't really <laughs> fathom like first off you're not getting paid already right um, yeah you know these coaches are making situations like best the best decisions for their um, success and with no penalty so why can't a player do that Um, These coaches are millions and millions of dollars, rightfully so, but, you know, student-athletes struggle to have a great meal here and there, and the justification is, you know, they're just getting an an education, but it's harder than you think being a student-athlete.
0: So do you have a take on uh, athlete pay at the NCAA level?
2: I'm not saying they should be getting paid, you know, thousands yeah. and thousands of dollars or millions of dollars because you know you are there because you are a student athlete. But I still do remember the times where you have to call your parents and mm-hmm. you know and ask and ask for money, and it's like, why should I, you know, be doing that? Yeah, uh, I'm in class with all these other students, and I'm doing exactly what they're doing. And I'm also having a full time job yeah. being a student athlete, yeah. And, yeah. Games and going to practice, and going to film, and going to study, and you know, and all this other stuff. So,
1: yeah.
2: um, and to think, I could not even get a part time job. I can't get a part time job to make more money. And yeah. what about the what about the people that um, they don't even have their family do not even have the resources to give them you
1: mm-hmm. know extra
2: money or extra income? Like, what do you do then? Um, like, how do you how do you fend for yourself then? And so I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a bigger discussion, definitely above my pay grade. But I think something does need to, you know, change because it, it, it's not right. It, I don't I don't think it's right. And then we bring in – now I'm saying we because I'm, I'm an old man now. Not really old. <laughs> I'm out the game. But, you know, old man, after, Derek. Yeah, I thought right. <laughs> soon after, they do bring in a, a large amount of revenue. And, you know, without Yeah, 100%. So, like they pay for so much, they pay for library. Like you don't realize it, but they pay for a library. They pay for you know certain classes to be um, yeah. held. They pay for different merchandise. So you know that revenue is dispersed amongst the entire school. No you doubt. go to a board game, you get a you get a bonus mm-hmm. for the school, and I don't know. I think athletes should definitely get paid a little bit more.
0: Yeah, I mean, one issue that I have is that we it it seems so clear that there are ways in which. They, there could be a give and take here, right? Like, we can't keep allowing coaching salaries to grow and grow and grow. Like, Jimbo Fisher has 10, million 75, 10 years, 75 million, fully guaranteed. Oh. And, like, you look at all those salaries that were managed. Taggart got uh, six mil a year at Florida State. And, like, the answer always for athletes has been, like, you know, nothing, nothing, nothing. And we, nothing different, right? Like, status quo, status quo, status quo. And we keep letting coaches grow, 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 like that, it, it that's going to come to a big head. I think
2: this thing, this thing about, you know, if Jimbo didn't make 10 million and he made nine and you gave the other million <laughs> disperse it amongst all <laughs> the athletes before. like everyone will be happy. That's, yeah. more, that's even yeah. more than it. That's way more than enough.
0: Like yeah. It's,
2: everyone will be like, wow, this is crazy. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I truly do think things will change because I know when there's upward pressure, that's you know the, the reckoning for change. So things are going mm-hmm. to change, um, especially if we keep having this dialogue, having these conversations, yeah. and awareness of the situation. Things will change. Don't know when, but they'll change. Yeah. it, I, definitely.
0: Well, I hope so. In in that same article, you said that when you found out Mark Helfrich wasn't going to return at Oregon, that you felt sick. Yeah. Tell yeah. us, can you tell us a little bit about Coach Helfrich and and what was he like, and what do you think he meant to Oregon?
2: He was awesome. He he was he was truly awesome. Um, always felt that people kind of held him up to the same expectations as Chip, which is which is cool. But, um, I played three years with Chip with Chip Kelly. I played um, two years with Coach Health, and they're both extraordinary coaches. They're both different. Mm -hmm. They have both different styles and approaches. But I was successful with both coaches. Um, it it just it, it. for Oregon, it was always like a, a family, mm-hmm. and I, I felt that once they broke that, it's going to be hard to get that family element back. Okay, because they know of all these coaches that were there for you know thirty plus years. Yes, I totally do understand that um, change, needs to be change needs to happen. Change needs to happen. Things were not going as smoothly as possible, um, but it is crazy to me to think that a, you know one year a coach could go to the national championship. Right. And then two years later, he gets fired. Right. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> that's <is> crazy. <laughs> and I see the coach at Washington State, and um, I was just watching. I was just watching him one day, and he had a press interview. I'm like, wait a minute, he's still there. <laughs> like, I mean, they were, like, Washington State, and they have like these horrible, you know, records yeah. for so long, but they stay loyal to Leaf. Like they stay yeah. loyal yeah. to him. Hundred percent. They had a, a way better season this year, and it's just like. I just felt like as as an organization we got very very um comfortable um with success yeah. and forget where we came from you know sure. we had a stretch from think about 2000 and, 2010 to about 2015 we had you know a large amount of success that's just a short window of time right and you got rid of that were there when we were at the Holiday Bowl or, you know, <laughs> or, 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 or random, you know, toilet bowl. You know, those coaches were there. You yeah. know? and Some yeah. even played. Some coaches were GAs there. Some coaches are like they actually played there and you guys got, got rid of them. And it's like I even know some coaches that can't even really go to a game because they're still so hurt. Right. They can't even practice because they're still so hurt. And it's like, yeah, I, I I do believe that things need to change. Like things really need to be changed, but. I won't blame it on the AD, but even like the fans, I think we really got spoiled. We had a bad season. He had an okay season in 16. Yeah. Or, I'll say 15, he had an okay season. And then 17 didn't have a good season at all. And it was right. like, all right, bye. And it's like, right. whoa, it's yeah, a business. It's a business. And, and that's when I really realized like it is a, a business. And, you know, and, and Willie Taggart got rid of the, the coaching staff, they didn't give him a chance to to interview, to keep the job or anything like that. He wanted to bring his own guys in. And, A, he had to make the the program his own, but he's not even there anymore. Right, right, right. I don't know. I I still have faith in Oregon. We're going to be back on top without a doubt. We have great talent. We have great people, um, a great legacy. Um, But I'm just curious to see in the next few years, can we get that family element back?
0: They did go with an in-house hire this time.
2: Yeah, yeah, they did, but he's still new. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, it's a, the it's a intermediate family, you know?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. It's, I don't know. It's just not, it's not what I always used to. You know, there was so much, um, you know, pride and a lot of um, family-oriented vibes that you'll get, mm-hmm. and I'm just, it was always be there. You know, there was a certain type of legacy, and I, I just can't wait for us to get back, but it, it kind of sucks. You know, I don't really have that. I don't really know the coaches. Yeah. You know, I've met them a couple times, but I don't really know them. And, and I wonder what, what their strategic plan is around getting alumni involved and keeping that family feel involved. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, change is not always a bad thing. But um, I just don't want our school or Oregon to be known as a school as business, yeah, be, yeah. uh, that's business. So yeah, that's fair. Loyalty, like, shouldn't it always be about winning. We never... We had those long stretches of winning. We didn't even focus on winning. Like, that was not the focus. The focus right. was taking care of each other, executing the, the present moment, whether it was weights, whether it was training, whether it was practice, executing that, going to the game, executing that specific play that you're in, that, that moment, defeating the person you're supposed to de- um, uh, defend or, or beat that specific second, and then look your head up at the end of the year and see what you accomplished. It wasn't about winning. Um, wait, but it just happened. So mm-hmm. I just hope that we can keep that, that feel, that, that grind feel, that family feel, that looking out for each other feel, and hopefully have that family element around it. Don't be a school for, for business. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Only time will tell.
1: Uh, uh real quick, were you bummed when, uh, Chip Kelly got named at UCLA?
2: Cause now no, he's be coaching against Oregon? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't. fair. fair. Um, uh, I love Chip. He hired my, um, Linebackers coach, nice, uh, so I'm really excited. I'm definitely going to go down there, check them out, see what they got, you know, brewing. See, it's it's gonna be fun. Yeah, Uh, the people that really made me who I am today, the people that made me a man, are down there in LA, so I'm definitely gonna, you know, support them and and see what they're doing over there. Uh, I'm a duck through and through, don't get me wrong. (laughs) Always a duck, but I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really happy that, you know, he got this job. Um, he's back in the pack. I, I wonder what he's going to do because he's so innovative and always yeah. adapting, changing things and, you know, setting trends, setting pace. So I'm really excited to see what he what he cooks up and what he comes with, and I, I can't wait to check him out in the offseason.
1: All right. Well, so transitioning away from football a little bit, you have a tweet pinned to your uh, Twitter wall, and it's a video entitled Breaking Through the Depression. It's about your struggle with depression when you you were at Oregon. Great video Would uh, recommend everyone go and uh, listen to that. Um, would you, you know, kind of give us a little bit of background on that story? And I'm sure it was not an easy decision to like go public with something that personal. But can you kind of talk about coming to that decision and why you did it?
2: Yeah, of course. So I've always, I'm um, gonna say always, but up you know, going to college, I really kind of battled depression. You know, my freshman year, I redshirted. I went from being the being the man, mm-hmm. and you know, being you know, one of the best players in our in our county. To going to a school where you're not even playing, and you're not good enough to play yet, and that was really bear me down mentally mm-hmm. that I wasn't really uh, expecting. I wasn't, so I wasn't really expecting that that roadblock, especially the learning curve of the plays and how fast everything goes. I wasn't ready. I wasn't adapting quickly quickly enough. So that that really brought me down, and I didn't know how to really you know cope with it. And being away from my family, like I'm from Southern California and going up to uh, UK, Oregon is definitely a culture shock um, and, it, and it's way different. people are different great people, but it's just different and nothing I was really used to. So it was very really hard for me to adapt. And then as my career progressed, you know, as the years went on, different, you know, hardships, you know, popped up and arise when it comes to uh, family or relationships, when it comes to, you know, the pressures of study and excelling on the field and then the criticism of your play from, you know, fans or reporters or even your coaches bears down on you or, you know, you're trying to get these assignments saying you don't do that well and mm-hmm. that, you know, Thelb-Dow comes in and then, you know, all these different things of life just bearing down on you and so much pressure as a student athlete really took a toll on me in some, in some, in some regard. And um, But the thing is, is there's a stigma uh, around, you know, mental health and um, yeah. needing help and, and that assistance. And I never I, – I got it, but I had to search for it. And it was never really just, like, out there. There was not that much, you know, awareness. I just knew that if I didn't take care of my mental health, if I didn't become strong mentally – there's no way I can get on the field, and there's no way I can even excel on the field. Right. So that was my biggest take. That was my biggest take on it. Um, I took it very seriously. Really tried to learn, you know, different coping mechanisms and and um, different perspectives on life. And then once I did that, I started excelling on the field. So the reason why I came in, you know, did these these videos is because I had a very hard time. So after I played it's another hardship, but once I decide to stop playing football, that's when your identity comes in. Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. And then those issues, you know, arise and you got to reevaluate your life and see, you know, who truly is Derek Malone? Like, who is he? And, and that even puts you in a in a depressing spiral. So at that point in time, I wrote a blog just about battling depression, just letting people know, like, yeah. I'm right along with you. Just because I played in national championships and Rose Bowls and, mm-hmm. you know, and have people cheering, you know, your name. That doesn't make me exempt from the issues of the world. Um, so I want to let people know that. It's, it's relatable, it's okay, I'm accepting that I need help in certain different areas so then, you know, that encouraged them to also do the same so after that blog, I did some, you know, interviews people really, like, really loved it and I was like, whoa, this is crazy Yeah. and I think that's where I found my my passion, definitely, is is within mental health and, and athletics because it's not really a big prominent thing and it does have that negative stigma onto it so then that's when I also made the video, um, mm-hmm. and I made that video and that video is actually shown to different freshman classes at University of Oregon. Oh wow! And, oh, wow. Yeah, so it, it's real cool, um, it, and they they showed it in conferences and everything like that. So I'm really excited that I you know you know took the leap of faith, you know, been vulnerable and just you know <laughs> put myself out yeah. there. But it's only the beginning. Um, I think I'm gonna make a, a real big impact. Um, especially within mental health and athletics. I know that uh, talked to some people at Michigan as well, and they've also kind of like pioneers of this as well, and they've Mm -hmm. also made some great strides. So, yeah, look out for us. Look out,
1: look out. Uh, We heard a rumor uh, that you're looking at getting a master's degree and, you know, advancing this further. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah,
2: so within the next uh, year or so, I'm looking to find, you know, the best program for a master's program for mental health, probably in counseling or something, mm-hmm. psychology, um, and really want to focus my efforts on the athletic demographics sure. and, and work on those ethics. And you know, going forward, probably before I'm 40, that's my goal to make sure I have my PhD so I can be a professor someday, yeah. and teach yeah. psychology, and, and create that awareness. So it's gonna take some time. It's not really a huge career path, but sure. it, it is growing. I, I yeah. talked to sports psychologist um, in the MLB and he gave me a lot of great advice and he was letting me know that he was one of the first two to even be a sports psychologist. Wow. He's, like, now, he's like, now in MLB, he's grown to 70. So it's it's growing and the awareness is there, which is exciting. And I, I definitely want to jump on board, especially I've been on the other side. So I'm excited. It's something I'm passionate about.
0: That fits with your uh, your two principles. One of them being go with your gut, right?
2: Yeah always go with your gut
0: it never steered me wrong ever <laughs> <laughs> two things that i i was thinking about uh when you were sharing you had to search it out and which was adverse and then two it was surprising in the like how people were so receptive to you sharing yeah i mean is there is there like a relationship between those two things and that it's like you got to search it out and then like you're kind of sharing it is that part of it or what was your reaction to that
2: yeah, you so we, we, what do you mean when you say like kind of searching it out? So make sure I understand
0: it. No, I just meant like it, it seemed like you were saying I wanted help but it it wasn't like obvious where to go. Like I had to oh, find yeah. it. And then as soon as I'm sharing that like hey, I talked to somebody, I was able to share and then like people were receptive. So it's not like the market doesn't exist for that.
2: Exactly. Yeah, the market is there, but I had to search for it. Yeah. Uh, and I had to search for it. And I, and I knew, you know, deep down, you know, we, we all, this is my philosophy on people. It's like, okay. we all think that we're pretty different. And, but at the end of the day, you know, we're all human and we have a lot of similarities to us. So, you know, in, in, that, in that thought process, I knew that if I'm searching out and trying to better myself, there's other people that have that same self-awareness and they're trying to better themselves as well. So once I realized that, you know, I was having these issues, and this is what I did to kind of solve these issues. And then I shared it with the world because I knew that other people are also affected by this yeah. and they're gonna be their best selves every single day. Um, and they're extremely receptive. I didn't know what to expect because I've never seen anyone do what I was going to, you know, going to do, Yeah, yeah. Um, but they were so receptive. And, and it's, it's, um, you know, I got responses from, you know, elder men, elder women, teenagers, um, my age, it's like, it's extraordinary. So it really covers a wide range of people, not even just athletes, but just, you know, anyone who even loves sports or just, you know, going day to day, even a businessman, you know, it is. Yeah. it's very, very prevalent.
0: So what's your take on uh, how the NFL has responded to CT?
2: Um, <laughs> I like it in certain <laughs> regards. I like it. I, I do like it in, in certain regards but certain other regards uh, I think the NFL is kind of soft what um, I agree
0: what regards do you like
2: um just this, this awareness but the thing is is what people don't understand it they are definitely attacking the um the NFL a lot with with CT but for you what, what people don't understand is for you mm-hmm. to develop those those issues in your brain, it's come from years of getting smashed in the head. So when you started playing football when you were seven, you know, you can't just blame it on the NFL when you're going to be there for an average of three years. It's not the NFL. You've been smacking. You're eight years old. So it's a bigger, you know, a bigger thing, but I always think, you know, it's always about money. So NFL has the most money. So who are you going to attack? Obviously the NFL, but um, everyone has, we've been smacking heads since we're, you know, eight years old, like I yeah, said. So yeah, it's not just the NFL. It's, it, it goes from, you know, coaching when you're young, fundamentals when you're young, high school, college, and within the NFL, but the NFL is just the a, a elite of the elite.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's a, that's a fair take. So if I am a high schooler and I'm coming to Derek Malone for advice, what, uh, what, like what big rocks would, would you have for me? Going forward,
2: said, uh, around what? Just overall advice. Or? Hey,
0: like uh, I think I'm a pretty good high school player. I think I could play Division One. Like, what do I need to focus on to make sure that I that I get there?
2: Oh, my thing is always focus on being as athletic as possible. Okay. Um, I'm, like I'm, I'm trying to think about like when I have kids someday. Yeah. What kind of, I'm going give them. Uh, my biggest thing is definitely play play um, two to three sports during a year. Um, whether it's baseball, with track, whether it's basketball, stay athletic, because all those or soccer, those different sports are going to translate very well. Yeah. You know, the, from soccer, the hand-eye coordination from baseball, like that all carries over to make you an overall well-rounded athlete. Um, that's huge. So always stay active all year round. Uh, don't be... Focus on one sport. Like that's my that's probably the biggest advice I can give you. It's the biggest advice that I've heard from coaches as well. Where they look for it in recruiting is overall athletes. Yeah, hit the books, really show that. Because yes, you're gonna your your main focus for some um, kids are like I just want to play football to so go to the NFL, but you need to stay eligible to be mm-hmm. able to play. Mm-hmm. School is huge, and coaches are looking for somebody that they don't have to worry about. Yeah, they know they you have this extraordinary, you know, this extraordinary talent, but they don't want to have to worry if you're going to be eligible or not to play. So they're really going to be looking for somebody that they know they can count on in the classroom, and it's not going to mess up their game plan because they're not eligible and they can't, you know, take them serious. So hitting hitting the books is, is extremely um is extremely helpful. Uh, what other advice? And I think just always working on your craft, whether it's only you know. At the end of the day, just committing, so, you know, Monday through Friday. End of the day, I'm going to hit the ladders, or I'm mm. going to run stadiums, or I'm going to work on my technique. If you're a receiver, you know, working on perfecting your routes as perfect as as, as best as possible. Um, if you want to look at YouTube videos to so really just perfect your crap in every way, and every hour that you put in is just more tools in your arsenal, and it's just going to make you a better, well-rounded football player. So always pay attention to the, the technique and the little details, and always any chance you get, perfect your crap. You have any downtime get yeah. out with your friends play catch run routes teach each other new things look on youtube for new things you know constantly 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 to perfect your craft because it's gonna it's gonna carry over yeah it's definitely oh and also lasting connections <laughs> Connection. do <it. laughs> i do not think that i would have been you know where i'm at if it wasn't for connections yeah um, my co- they knew a whole lot of, um, you know, scouts from different colleges. Um, so when they came there, they're like, who who do you suggest? And he mentioned my name. So it's all about wow. connections, going out going out to those big schools, emailing those big schools, having the, you know, you're uh, going on those 707 tournaments, going to these different um, combines, uh, emailing these different coaches, having yeah. that those highlights out there, putting yourself out there. It's only going to make um, that awareness about your skill that much prevalent. All right, so Derek,
1: last thing, we do this with every guest, we have some rapid fire questions about life, about sports, just first thing comes to your head, there is no wrong answer. So first question, we didn't mention this, but you you work for Google, you refuse to use Skype, you're a Google man, I get it, great company man. So I won't put you on the spot with Google CEO, but more innovative CEO, Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk?
2: I'll say Mark. Okay. Definitely one of our top competitors.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Head-to-head in a football game, it's two coaches, Nick Saban, Bill Belichick. Whose team is winning?
2: Big, <laughs> Belichick, definitely. Yeah?
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Who is the best linebacker, current or active, for young players to study?
2: Mac for the Raiders. My yeah? Favorite. Okay. Okay. yeah? Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. If you could have played any position, not linebacker,
2: what would it have been? D-line, defensive tackle, easily. <laughs> I always wish I was 6'7", 300 pounds. Like, I would have loved it. You oh, yeah. and me both. <laughs> uh,
1: favorite football stadium not called Watson Stadium? Oh.
2: Is this college?
0: College Any, any stadium.
2: Any I I love when we played in Dallas. Dallas Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I was amazing. It was awesome.
1: Okay, loudest opposing student section?
2: Washington, UW. Go-to
1: place for late-night food in Eugene? Ooh.
2: (laughs) Caspian. Caspian is my spot of Mediterranean spot right across the street from the bars. (laughs) Perfect, (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) perfect. Favorite sports movie? I will have to say Friday Night Lights. I can watch that. Oh, it's hard. It's hard. I can say Friday Night Lights or I could say um, Longest Yard. I love Longest Yard. Longest Yard? yard. yard. <laughs> yes, I love that movie.
0: Okay,
2: okay, I don't know if anyone will ever say I, that I,
1: Yeah, I,
0: challenge. Challenge.
2: <laughs> there's, a, there's a beast. I love it. It was funny. It was a great movie. Yeah, fair. <laughs> All right, best tailgate food. Mm.
1: Hot dogs. Hot dogs? Excellent. I love hot dogs. Yeah. Preach.
2: Preach. All right, Derek,
1: that's all we got. So anything you want to plug before we let you go, before we get you out of here?
2: No, I just want to give a shout out, you know, definitely to the University of Oregon for, you know, making me a man and definitely um, all the skills that they um, placed me in and opportunities definitely with that, um, I don't know. I have a lot of things in the works. I definitely want to get back to the community. So look out for some of the projects I'm going to be coming up with to really give back to, um, student athletes, kids, um, out there. I'm I'm going to have a real big 2018. So look out. Yeah. There we go. Is all that stuff going to be on your website? Of course. Yeah. I'm, I'm in the, um, in the process of making a new one. It'll probably be the same uh, URL. I'm poetic. Soul. okay. And, um, yeah I'll, I'll be out there everything's everything you'll ever need to know about me will be on that site where
0: where are you at on uh twitter and instagram
2: same thing i'm poetic soul okay i keep it simple well actually i'm trying to think so i got two instagrams one's okay. for my porch another one's my personal one so poetic Soul. if you ever type in poetic Soul, you'll probably see me because there's not a lot of names like that out there <laughs> so yeah, type me in poetic Soul two underscores and you'll find me
0: all right man all right
2: Derek, thank you for coming
0: on. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. Really appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. So, best of luck. We'll talk to you soon. Of
2: course.
0: Derek Malone, fabulous interview. Dude was great.
1: Fabulous interview. Um, loved having him on. We got to get him on 15 Minute You. Yeah. While we're talking just yeah. to a, you and me with no one else listening. Uh, <laughs> that was a great interview. My One of the things that he said that I bumped on. He said, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't, how can you possibly perform to your fullest on the field? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's very true in football. I think that's true in his case, like, very relatable to mental health, but I think it's true just to overall character. Yeah. Um, like, if you're getting in trouble, you're going to let your teammates down. If you're, you know, getting in trouble, like, legally, if you're not hitting the books, um, you're not gonna be able to take care of yourself. I, and I think this is applicable outside of sports in general, like in the military, you know, they teach you, like, if you push yourself too hard and you end up having like a breakdown, well, you've now just jeopardized your whole team.
2: Right. Um,
1: so the importance of taking a knee, you know, and focusing on yourself for five minutes, if that is what you need to sustain yourself, then you need to do that. Cause that's what's best for the team. Um, I think that I think that's a great lesson. I think it's a great lesson for sports. I think it's a great lesson for life.
0: I agree, and I I just appreciated how genuine he was. If you read, you know, go to his blog and read what he wrote at Poetic Soul, both on Willie Taggart, on his depression, and on a, any number of other topics. There is a certain amount of masculinity that is expected of young men. Growing up in the United States, and it's exponentially so if I am a football player. And mm-hmm. I I thought that perspective about you know how that played a role in him seeking or not seeking help, you know, at Oregon uh, was genuine and was brave and said a lot about his character in that. Agreed. He did something that most people wouldn't, number one, admit they need, and number two, wouldn't admit that they did, even if they did need it and did do it. So, mm-hmm. uh, brave guy. I, I, I'm i happy that we had him on the pod. I 100% agree. I would be honored to have him on 15-Minute
1: U. All right, folks. That about does it for us. Thank you for joining us on The Athlete's Guide podcast, the official podcast of theathletesguide.com. You can find us on iTunes and wherever else you get your fine podcasts. Hit subscribe while you're at it so you never miss an episode. While you're at it, why don't you tell a friend? Or two. Or two. Or Or two. Or two or three. I'm sure your teammates would all love to learn how to take their game to the next level. And that's what the Athlete's Guide is all about. Thank you so much, folks. We'll see you next time.
0: Good night, everyone.